Thanks for listening to this week's show. I had a great time chatting to Bryce from Royal and the Southern Echo. Um, one of the things that I noticed when I was listening back to the interview is that I tend to pace. I tend to talk um, quite quickly at times, and it's something that I've noticed throughout the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to try and work on that for the future podcasts. I think it's very important that after each interview, I listen back and I try and refine my technique. Bryce was a really awesome guy to chat to, um, really interesting um, bloke. He's lived a very big life, done lots of different things throughout his life. So it was really interesting to get down and talk about all those little bits and pieces that he's gone through. We talked about uh, his band Werewolves, of which he toured around Australia with. We went into the fact that he was a digital marketing manager. We talked about how he studied, studied rather archaeology, which was really interesting. Yeah, so it was a really great chat. So I'm looking forward to all of you hearing it. So this is my chat with Bryce from Royal and the Southern Echo. What would you like to be called on the radio? Uh, I never know. Yeah. I never know, you know. Royal? Uh, Royal? No, I think that's a bit pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you can just call me Bryce. I Bryce? Think. Okay. Yeah. We'll the band name is Royal and the Southern Echo, but yeah. you can just call me Bryce. All right. We can't call you like, what about the Southern? The Southern doesn't really roll off the tongue, does no. it? No, it doesn't really. Or Echo. <laughs> Echo is a cool kind of like short name. That, yeah, Echo. Could go. That could go all right. Yeah. yeah. We'll, uh, we'll figure it out before the show's finished <laughs> anyway. We've got an hour to do it. We've got, <laughs> we've got Bryce in the studio chatting about, we're going to be chatting about his single Technicolor, but also we're going to be t- talking about his musical history, which he was mentioning just a second ago um, before we went live on air um we we're talking about the very first instrument that you picked up and how you how you kind of destroyed it how i failed at it yeah. <laughs> um i think i was uh, grade three how old is grade three grade three is eight i eight. think i was eight years old and for some reason the violin was something that i thought that i that i wanted to do yep that and was the one yeah <laughs> i've got no idea why yeah, it's a go-to one for me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, very quickly I discovered that, no, it was not my true no. calling. You couldn't figure it out? <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. Um, and I think, because I'm left-handed and I play like every instrument left-handed, Yeah, I don't know if I'd figured that out in the, the sense of... Oh, so you were trying to play it right-handed? I think I was trying to give it a red-hot go right-handed. Wow. Because, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have understood the concept that you could have a left-handed. Like, yeah. Can yeah. you have a left-handed? Uh, surely. 325 <laughs> <laughs> Call in, let us know. Can you have a left-handed violin? <laughs> um, but long story short, I quickly fell out of love with the violin. Uh, and I think one day, like, I, I accidentally stood on the bow. Yeah. And it broke. It, like, it really broke. It snapped. Um, and I think I was so scared to tell my parents that I just put the bow back in the case and said, I don't want to play violin. Oh, really? <laughs> and uh, I, I can't even remember what happened after that. So they had to find out later. I think so, yeah. <laughs> it's probably still there. They probably they probably never opened it, like, realistically. <laughs> yeah. Who's opening a new old violin case? I think, actually, no, I think it was, like, you know, like one of those things where at school they, yeah. they lend you instruments oh. as you learn. So I feel like somebody at the school would have found out later. So it was a... It was a lending instrument. Yeah. It wasn't even it, a bought it, one. It wasn't even a bought one, no. <laughs> so they probably got a bill for that. <laughs> like, what the hell is it? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Mum and Dad. Sorry, Mum and Dad, if you're listening. <laughs> I 
<laughs> I'm very sorry. It was an accident. <laughs> that was the very first foray into music, and it's all been uphill since then, I guess. Uh, I gave clarinet a shot. That Did didn't you? last long. No. Yeah, no. Um, no, nothing really stuck until the guitar. Yeah. And um, I actually, I broke a guitar of my brother's as well. I, I'm just realizing I've broken a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, because I'm the like I'm left-handed, yeah. And, you know, you you have to get a left-handed guitar if you know if that feels oh, natural to unless you. Unless you do Jimi Hendrix and just string it upside down. Just yeah, I mean, I'm never going to be that talented. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can't learn things backwards. Um, so, I think most lefties either try and force themselves to play right-handed, yeah. Or you've, you've just got to find a left-handed guitar or string it, you know, grab a righty and string it the other way type mm. of thing. Um, and my brothers always just had guitars around type of thing. And I would be the annoying little brother, kid brother, who would like <laughs> sneak into their room and have a jam and be terrible. Yeah. Um, but I did that for a long time. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's how I first learned how to like, you know, strumming patterns and, and you know, forming chords. But I remember, yeah, one day I... I had had my jam session by uh, yourself by myself yeah. after school <laughs> acoustic guitar and I like put it up against the wall but flush up against the wall oh and it just sort of like tipped forward yeah and it's one of those things that's so vivid in my mind like still slow motion and like because there's a lot of tension on a on a guitar now, yeah so yeah if you give it like a, a decentish whack it, it's probably going to snap the headstock <laughs> And that's what happened. Like, I just went flat <laughs> and snapped it right off. Um, oh, your I, family must hate you. Damn. <laughs> they, they have a lot of patience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the youngest, so I get away with with a fair bit. But, oh, that's awesome. Uh, I didn't get away with that one, no. I think I tried to hide it for a while. And then, you know, as a kid, you think that's a solution. Like, oh, just nobody will notice. Yeah, yep. Yeah. This this guitar's gone. I'll be fine. They'll figure it out. Uh, they did figure it out. And they, they were very angry. But then it was around the same time. They're like, okay, well, we might as well get you a guitar. So you forced their hand. <laughs> I did. By removing the only stringed instrument in the house, I made them get me one. If you ask me to cut them out, yeah, I'll cut them out. Cut them out. about your first instrument where you picked up and how you ruined mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and how you got into pop punk when you were you were younger as we all did we all through went went through that pop punk stage i guess um, blink definitely. 182 all time low some 41 um all that stuff and then you're in a band called uh a day to remember no no a year to remember a year to remember we had to change our name because of a day to remember. oh really yeah wow yeah. and you were signed to boomtown yeah yeah boomtown and native tongue destroy your lines we, wow. we were we were very in the pop punk thing. Yeah. And then yeah. you changed your name to Werewolves. Yes. 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 And you were the lead singer and you actually ended up touring a bunch of different tours, I guess. So you yeah. mentioned you did um, All Time Low um, and the biggest one that you did. What was the biggest one that you did at the Roundhouse in? Uh, oh, I think it was with like Anne Boleyn and the Academy Is. Yeah. Yeah. We were on tour like constantly. Yeah. yeah. Did you hold down a job during that time or was music your job back then? 
Um, I did have a job. I wasn't very good at the job. <laughs> What was the job? <laughs> I worked at a bookstore. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Um, one of the big like chain ones, Borders, which, which uh, ended yeah. up you know going belly up. That the one in the city. Uh, I did some shifts there, but I was mostly at Chamside. Ah, uh, okay. Suburban yeah. lad. Yeah. Cool. So you were doing the bookstore thing. That's a very easy job to be lazy in, I feel. <laughs> yeah, I, I got away with a lot there as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. One of my friends used to work in a bookstore too, and um, they said that they would just smoke and like have a few sneaky drinks and like nobody would know anything Nobody would know the better that they weren't like half cut half the time. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I I don't think I ever did that, but no, it, it's a very relaxed environment. Nobody's moving too fast in a bookstore. It's very easy <laughs> to do after you've been touring and partying hard with with all sorts of massive bands. So you played. You said you played the Roundhouse with two and a half thousand people. What was it like getting up on stage, being the lead singer of a pop punk band, and kind of realizing those dreams of sorts? Um. I don't know. Like it, it was definitely a moment. I like I. I remember that. Um, it's it's kind of hard with all that stuff when you when you're going through it. You just think this is this is natural. You know, we've we've worked really hard for a long time, and we've been doing bigger tours, bigger tours, bigger tours. Yeah. And it sort of just feels like a part of that progression. But no, like that was definitely a moment to sort of like go, oh, whoa, like this is a thing. And yeah, yeah, it's um, it's very strange and like. With the bigger shows, it's sometimes hard to tell because you can't really see that far. Right. You you, you only see really, the front row. Yeah, you get you get like a uh, a fair fair bit, but you can't see the whole place. Yeah. Um, and and it's also like a thing. It's a repetition thing. Like it's just your job. Like yeah, you practice four times a week and you play shows. Yeah. On the weekend and and it's just going through it and trying to do a good one type of thing. How was your ego at that stage? Because if that was me, I would have been like, I'm the best musician in the world. <laughs> Everybody loves me. I'm playing to two thousand, three thousand people. I'm touring with my favorite bands. I would have been a mess to deal with. Oh man, I ask anybody who <laughs> still knows me or knew me from then. I was definitely an ego monster. I think, yeah, for I sure. love it. I've I've done. I've had to do a lot of work to rein it in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's probably some people you. out there who know me are laughing very hard. <laughs> <laughs> that douche, no. Yeah, totally. No, I, I was, I was a bit of a weapon. I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's understandable though. Like, I would personally feel like I'll be in exactly the same boat, having played to bigger and bigger crowds and actually working really hard to get to that point as well. Um, but I guess when it all comes crashing down, and or when you start moving on to your next project, you kind of start from the start again. Then you have to check yourself and and you kind of learn from all those experiences don't you yeah totally you i mean i know what what happened for us and for me we sort of we sort of took a step back and decided that we weren't making music that we wanted to anymore like yeah. we had we'd grown up like we'd been in that band since we were like 15 and 16 and yeah wow now we're 22 and we're doing this stuff but we had sort of broadened our horizons as well with what we were listening to and you know especially with lyrics and stuff we wanted to be a little bit more intelligent that way so we took time off and and basically self-funded a record um an album that i'm really proud of but nobody else really liked oh really was it yeah. from werewolves yeah it was from so werewolves. you changed your sound altogether um we just or was a met- maturation of sound yeah i think i mean like there was definitely like 
the EP preceding it was all three minute 30 songs yep. and you know there might have been a ballad in there or something like that but I think the first single we released off the record was like seven minutes wow yeah we that's I, a big difference mm. <laughs> and I think like it, it came out of playing so much and practicing so much that we wanted to kind of get a bit deeper into it or yep. explore things that were a bit more challenging yeah, for us yeah. as, as musicians. Totally. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm still really, really proud of that and I think you can probably find it on the internet somewhere. Oh, we'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find it before the end of the show's finished. Oh, fantastic. And so when Werewolves finished, you were just hankering to get back to that bookstore and really start your career? Uh, yeah, that was that was like that was know, priority the number, number one. one goal. <laughs> I, I missed the bookstore. Working much. your way up through the borders chain to become CEO of a failing company. Yeah, that. I mean, it's kind of like being the lead singer of a failing band. It's the same thing. You've led a very eclectic, um, interesting life because you're a digital marketing manager as well for a not-for-profit. That, yeah, that's my day-to-day gig now. Yeah, yeah. and that's like a nine-to-five, Monday to Friday. That is, yeah. yeah. So you're you're just uh, you're on the you're in the grind now. You're stuck in the grind. I yeah, I I, I am stuck in the grind. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's a good way to be though, because I personally am um, the type of person who finds it hard to stick to a routine. So when I have had jobs like that in the past, it's been really helpful for me for a period of time until I have to kind of take a step back and reevaluate why I'm doing it. But um. Yeah, that's really cool that you do that. And then you've also studied archaeology. Archaeology, yeah. And you've written a thesis. What did you write your thesis on? Uh, I, I wrote a thesis on basically the way that we calculate how much land yeah. um, or you know, fertile land is needed to support a population um, in the area that I was working on was Bronze Age Syria. So there's basically like a formula that uh, a couple of folks thought up like 100, 150 years ago. Yeah. And we were still using that calculation to um, to sort of try and make these projections of how much land uh, like a town or a city actually needed to feed everybody. What was the... What was the culmination of all that data? Um, well, the the problem with their one was that there was like three things. So I brought in things like um, ancient um, climate details and yep. rainfall data and um, yield off certain types of crops. Yeah, wow. So I didn't solve it, but I, I wrote a thesis on why there's a problem with the old one and why somebody who's not me should develop. <laughs> why not you? Um <laughs> That's what you'll do when Roy, if Royal kind of like doesn't, <laughs> yeah, take, doesn't off. take off, become an archaeologist. Uh, no, I mean, it's it's definitely, that would be a PhD and that's a very big commitment. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I have that commitment in me. Yet. 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 Yeah. You've still got a lot of life to live. So that could be something <laughs> that you do in your 50s and 60s when you've kind of done everything else. Be like, all right, finally time to, to sit down and yep, work, work at Dimmix and do my PhD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start at the bookstore, finish at the bookstore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's life is a circle. <laughs> yeah, life is a circle. <laughs> Everything's a circle. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. How long does it take to do an archaeology degree? Is it just a standard three, four-year degree? Uh, it's three years, and then if you do the honours year, which I did, yep. which is the thesis thing, that's just another year on top. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. Did yeah. you have? Do you have a lot of archaeology buddies from that? Or is it a fairly, um, fairly disparate group? 
Um, there's there's people I definitely still know. Yeah, and like I have on Facebook, but <laughs> I not many that I that I would say I chat to. Regularly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm a very solitary student. Right. I yeah. find I get distracted quite easily, so I just kind of like have to get in and get out. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll get caught up. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and that's fair enough too. I'm the I'm the same. I like to kind of get in, get out. If I don't do that, I once again become distracted for hours. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, let's go to the pub. And I'll be like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Study, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we came around, and now we're at Royal on the Southern Echo, and Royal on the Southern Echo is the new project. And you've been doing this for a few years now, I believe. Yeah. So I mean, two years was when I sort of released, well, soft released the first single, which was hunt your love down no it was deep water deep water yeah right. okay um and so royals came about basically after the at after that other band where we yeah. sort of disintegrated um i was pretty burnt out and i was burnt by i guess the industry or yeah. you know i'm showing my age now when i talk like that you're in your early 20s right <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 definitely. you just did all this in like six months <laughs> Uh, but I took I took a couple of years off of, of being in a band yep. and I just sort of wrote songs at home because I, I don't think that's something I'll ever sort of shut off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I moved to Germany for a while and lived in Berlin and I I sort of had a bit of a, a freak out and I was like, uh, you know, something's something doesn't feel good, something's not working or something's not right. And my partner at the time was like, it's because you're not playing music in front of people because that's a big part of you and your personality. Yeah. And you need that outlet. So I sort of got off my ass and, and started playing and playing a lot. Like I was playing like three or four times a week and um, writing lots of songs. And and when I wrote that song, Deep Water, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to come back. I'm ready to do it as a band and a project and, and give it the effort and attention and respect it deserves so that was it that's why Royals exists in the yeah in its current form and that's a crazy progression there's a lot of um, a lot of ups and downs yeah <laughs> totally block after Hunt Your Love Down. Did you? Um, oh, yeah. Because the song goes nuts. It's getting played on college radio. Like, mm. how the F do I just, like, yeah. match this? Well, there, I mean, there was a, it was a, a bit of a, a moment of, like, 
do I have to do something in a similar style? It wasn't, it was right. never about like matching up to it. It was no. more like, what is this project? Like, yep. what does that sound like? Um, and I think I sort of tripped my up, uh, tripped myself up. Um, not trying to write in that same style, but just trying to figure out what it was and what this means to me and what way I want to take it. Um, so it took me a long time to get to Technicolor, but then writing it took about five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's always, always the case, yeah, eh? it's, it's this cruel, cruel beast that you've got to kind of like, you know, slay. Um, you live in your mind for six months and you're like, mm-hmm. uh, and then like two minutes later, you're like, ah, oh, that was okay. But I mean, like, you know, I, I did, I wrote songs during that period, but I just, nothing really stuck. And I wasn't like, you know, nothing there was a single. Yeah. Um, there's a few tunes that I, I'll definitely record cause I, you know, I'd love them, but Technicolor, it was just like, it was very obvious right from the get-go that like that was that was the next one to yeah. to be out there um but the whole idea was like no more acoustic guitars for no all. we're mm. done with them we're done with them at Will least you pick up the violin again uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm afraid i'm afraid i'd probably break something <laughs> <laughs> no more no more stringed <laughs> no. acoustic instruments at no. all no what about clarinet nah we're done. We're nah. done. We're sticking to electric guitar now. Yeah. They're like, harder to break. They are harder to break, um, but doable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll see how big... You'll be touring and uh, playing shows to thousands of people, and then you'll be like, yeah, I can smash the guitar, I can, this guitar yeah. now. <laughs> I don't know. I've thrown I guitars myself. before, but I've Have never... You? Yeah. I, it used to be a thing that I did when I was young and stupid. Did you um, do it when you were like on big tours? You'd like throw your guitar on the ground and... And totally. Yeah. Yeah. That Did is. you do like the um, Jimmy Page? No. Who is it? Um, Pete Townsend thing. You'd smash the guitar. No. Have you ever I'd, done that? I've never. I've never actually broken one. Always been a dream of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. though it's like stupid and crazy, and it's like so irresponsible. I just like the idea of smashing a guitar on stage for some reason. It'd be nice to have the freedom to to do yeah. that. I. You know. I. I've been close, and I've definitely thrown stuff around, but I just. Uh, I couldn't break an instrument willingly. I don't. No, think. no. Like, I, don't, yeah. I don't think I have that in no, me. My conscience would get me yeah. before I got to that. <laughs> before I got to that point. Like, don't do it, you idiot. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so Technicolor is the new single out um, for Royal and the Southern mm-hmm. Echo. And you've also got an EP um, that will be coming out soon as well after that, I presume. Or? Yeah. Um, it's like two weeks away. November 14 wow. is when it comes out. Um, so you're doing a single launch. Yep. And then you're doing, are you going to do an EP launch as well or just? a single launch and then kind of um, I'll do a single launch and then I've got a couple other shows I haven't announced yet yep. um, playing with some other some other bands all time low <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Blink 182 yeah cool yeah, yeah. awesome oh, good stuff touring college campuses Blink 182 yeah in Tampa Florida <laughs> yeah specifically yeah Just only Tampa. doing one show <laughs> one show <laughs> five nights <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I'll, I'll I'll head down to Melbourne again and then Sydney and, and do a few things there before the end of the year. And then um, I've already got the next single ready for the new, the new EP. So wow. that, that'll be like February, March. I want to keep, keep rolling, keep moving. Yeah. Did I get a sneak peek of what that is? Uh, no, you've got the, the EP EP. So you've got something else as well as that. I've got something. Oh. I've got a few other things up my Busy sleeve. man. Yeah, I'll, I'll send them to That's you. That's what happens yeah. when the archaeology dries up. <laughs> <laughs> it's got so much time.